Welcome to the Purposeful Caregiver Podcast. I'm Dr. Emily Riley, an occupational therapist. And I'm Dr. Devin Turnbull, a physical therapist. And we are the owners of Purposefully Home. We provide in-home care to older adults who want to age safely in place, including supporting their caregivers with education and training. We started this podcast when we realized how often families struggle when caring for a loved one and lacked the proper resources to keep them thriving at home. Our goal is to provide you with information that will support and guide you through your current caregiving situation. We'll talk about everything from the limitations of our current healthcare system to safely designing your home for dementia. You'll hear from a variety of expert caregivers and professionals alike about the challenges and joys of caregiving and how they conquered burnout while maintaining a balanced life. We hope that by listening to this podcast, you transform from an overwhelmed, burned out family caregiver into a confident and empowered one. Our mission is to help as many seniors age in place as possible, and we are so happy you are here on the journey with us. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Purposeful Caregiver podcast. I'm Dr. Emily Riley, and today we are talking about aging in place and discussing five important factors to consider related to the bathroom. Yes, it is a place that you want to look really nice. You want it to be comfortable because you spend a lot of time in there. And as a caregiver, you probably spend more time in the bathroom than you would like to ever admit. As an occupational therapist, I am very comfortable in the bathroom space, helping people to manage their personal cares, grooming and hygiene at the sink, brushing their teeth, combing their hair. Of course, sitting on the porcelain throne, toileting. It can get a little embarrassing, but you know what? As an OT... We are helping people to feel more empowered about managing their clothing, their hygiene. And when you aren't able to do it, we want to make sure that you either have the tools to be able to help yourself and make sure that the caregiver that is part of your care team is capable of helping you in those kind of vulnerable times, right? So helping with toileting and of course, bathing, which when you are working with somebody or living with somebody, helping to care for somebody that is living with an illness or chronic condition, whether it be cognitive, something like dementia or physical ailments or conditions such as Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, or just recovering from an orthopedic surgery, maybe had a joint replacement getting in and out of the shower can be a real challenge. And depending on where you live across the country here in the United States, you may face something very strange. There were some very interesting showers that I come across here in Arizona when I'm doing home assessments. There are some step ups, some step downs just to get into a shower that is usually too small and not super efficient for managing all the bathing areas. So we are talking about some of those considerations to hopefully help you either problem solve your current situation, or maybe to minimize some of those pitfalls that you face. So it's not always feasible to have a house or a home, whether you're an apartment, a condo that is accessible. 
the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, is a wonderful legislation that had passed, but it's only to support people with disabilities out in the public space. And when people are looking for contractors that are able to create an accessible home environment, for example, the bathroom, they often will look for a contractor that says they're certified in ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act. And you know what? While that is maybe helpful for how to install a grab bar, it really is not functional for the personal home environment. And what you want to look for is an occupational therapist that has the skill and the training to work directly with you and create a customized solution. So looking at an accessible bathroom, some of the key features that you're trying to do is improve access. You want to be able to easily get on and off the toilet. You want to be able to easily access the sink to be able to manage oral care, whether you're cleaning your dentures or brushing your teeth, and you want to be able to get in and out of the shower. And many spaces are very small. So trying to negotiate that space with a walker or a wheelchair can be really challenging. They're often filled with little knickknacks, towels, throw rugs. You know, rule number one of fall prevention is remove those throw rugs. But then people say, well, my floor is cold. Or what if I slip because the floor is wet from the shower or the steam? So there definitely can pose some challenges. But we want to look at things that are going to be aesthetically pleasing while also maximizing the function. So within the bathroom space, we really like to create kind of multi-purpose areas. And that way, it allows people to balance and lean on things such as dual-purpose grab bars that also are useful for hanging towels. Because maybe you found this out the hard way, but towel racks are not considered weight-bearing. So if you are hanging on your towel rack for some support, you may have found that you ripped out the sheetrock one too many times. So you want to be really careful because you don't want to cause an injury. You want to prevent an injury. So when you're looking about your home and making some considerations for accessibility, you may not necessarily have a caregiver right now. So you may not think about how many people can fit in the bathroom. You're hoping maybe it's just one. <laughs> you want that privacy. But if you're looking to age in place, you may want to consider having a space that does accommodate an extra person because you're going to have to have somebody be able to help you on and off the toilet potentially or help you with bathing those hard to reach areas. In addition, you want to take into consideration the use of equipment, for example, a shower chair or a shower bench, how much space that takes up. So if a person is trying to help you with the bathing, you want to make sure that they're not getting soaking wet while they're helping you. So making sure that there's enough space within the area for you or a person to fit with any adaptive equipment, like we kind of mentioned. And you want to have some supportive surfaces as well, such as those grab bars. And you want to allow turnaround space. So that way you're not having to get pushed into a little nook and then have to negotiate trying to get in and around. If you have a functional space, it actually can maximize how much participation in an activity or in a task that you can have. 
So let's just kind of talk about some of these areas. We kind of highlighted the shower already, but I skipped a very important space, the entrance. You don't always think about what the entrance to the bathroom looks like, but whether you're coming off of a master bath, bedroom combination, or coming from the hallway, you want to make sure that the doorway is going to be wide enough. There are very many homes out there that have very narrow doors and it can only allow one person through, one person out. And sometimes if as you're aging, you lose your balance, you may actually have somebody standing side by side or kind of offset to make sure that you don't lose your balance and fall. So by having a wider doorway, we recommend at least 36 inches. It allows a second person, maybe not necessarily to come in side by side with you at the same time, but it gives them a little bit more elbow room. So that way, as you're entering and exiting, you can still maintain that support and assistance with somebody. Additionally, having 36-inch wide doorways will allow and accommodate room for a walker or a wheelchair without bumping your knuckles or your elbows. Unfortunately, a lot of people try to like tuck it in and then use the door jam to pull themselves through. Well, as many of you know, here in the United States, obesity is on the rise. So having a standard wheelchair still may be too narrow for a typical doorway. Add on a few extra pounds when you need a bariatric wheelchair or bariatric walker, that's going to really limit your ability to access some of these spaces. So having an accessible doorway of 36 inches could really alleviate a lot of that issue. And you don't have to completely do construction to gain some of that space. 32 inches is feasible and useful for people. And in order to access that, you can actually replace your hinges within your home. They're called offset hinges. So as long as the door that you're using has a hinge set on them, you can just go to your local hardware store or do your online shopping and get offset hinges. What it does is it accesses about two inches of space without having to remove the door trim or do any major construction. So all you need is probably two people. So that way somebody can hold the door and the other person can remove the screws and replace the current hinges with offset hinges. Those can be really useful. Additionally, we wanna look at the entryway to have a lever handle. So maybe you are replacing your doorknobs with these lever handles. The benefit of them is you can access them from standing or sitting. So if you're in a wheelchair, it can be really useful. And the benefit of a lever is you can really use any body part. So if you happen to suffer with arthritis and it can be difficult to grasp and turn the knobs, you can just kind of use your forearm or your elbow. Or if you have another debilitating condition and trying to access it from the wheelchair, it can be difficult to lean and reach and do all those things. So replacing your doorknobs with a lever handle can also be very useful for accessing linen closets and accessing the entryway of a bathroom. We mentioned the shower space, but another thing that I want to make sure you think about when you are creating this sanctuary is whether or not there's a threshold. So there are a lot of tub shower combinations out there 
And that can be difficult if you have loss of balance or are, you know, having difficulty with your general mobility. So there are some different devices and tools called durable medical equipment that can be appropriate. Transfer tub bench is one of the most common and least expensive. It allows the two of the feet to be in the shower and two of the feet, the legs of the chair, I should say, to be outside of the shower. And so you can sit on it and then throw your legs over the the tub without having to stand on balance on one leg. You want to make sure that you are not getting water everywhere. So sometimes when people are using a tub shower transferred bench, then they will take and cut along the shower liner because the outline of the of the shower bench. That way you're not getting open areas where the water is splashing out and you can much e- more easily tuck in and kind of give that water barrier. If you're completely doing a remodel, then certainly I would say the best advice is to go with a barrier-free shower. This still allows drainage. Of course, you're going to need your contractor to utilize a plumber to just try to make sure you're not doing a one-stop shop of somebody who's not trained in plumbing because you can end up with a much bigger mess than you intend. But a barrier-free shower, as long as it's structurally sound for your space, can offer a few different opportunities and options for drainage. And it minimizes that curb, that threshold that you're going to have to negotiate. And as long as they put the proper angle and incline, then the water will not drain out of the shower. It will drain towards the drain, towards the center and away from where you'll be stepping when you're finished with your bathing. So those are definitely very useful for the older adult population, minimizes the risk for falls, and it allows access using any mobility equipment. So if you have a walker, wheelchair that you're trying to enter and exit, you don't have to leave it halfway across the room to be able to get in and out of the shower. And it also provides access for a caregiver. In the event you need one, even if it's just to maybe turn it on and off the water, to reach the soap bottles, or to give just a little extra assistance during that bathing process. Another area you want to consider certainly is grab bars. Grab bars offer support for sitting on the toilet commode or standing. It also offers support if you are trying to stand and maintain your balance while you're getting dressed, while you're drying off, any of those basic activities that you typically do within the bathroom space. Making sure that you have properly placed grab bars can make all of the difference. Oftentimes when I go into homes, I see grab bars that are just thrown everywhere. It's kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall. They're just thrown everywhere because people feel like the more grab bars, the better, the safer that they'll be. And that's just not always the case. So make sure when you are taking into consideration grab bars, have somebody, preferably an occupational therapist or someone that is trained in doing home assessments, a certified aging in place specialist, has taken a specialty certification and has a little bit more street cred than somebody that has not taken an additional training. 
The benefit of using an occupational therapist is that they are trained in how the body functions and how the environment works and how the body and the environment work together. So we're able to really look at some of those minute details that other people don't always take into consideration. But if you are trying the do-it-yourself version, then you can have somebody record how you're moving around within that space. And a good rule of thumb is identifying where you're putting that natural hand placement. Because if you're leaning there to get in and out of the shower, if you're kind of putting your hand there to steady yourself, then that may be a good touch point where a grab bar could go. So we definitely are able to collaborate with contractors. And I'm sure there's an occupational therapist within your area if you're kind of questioning where a good spot to put a grab bar is. It definitely isn't ideal to put it everywhere. So if that's the recommendation of a handyman or a fellow loved one, family member trying to keep an eye out for you, maybe take a phone call, take a Google search and find an expert. The sink in the vanity is definitely a point of contention. (laughs) The problem is there is generally a lot of clutter. People always figure that there's not enough space. There's not enough storage for all their items. They have products that they've used over the years, half empty containers, but they just can't get rid of them. And so generally the vanity in the sink space is not only difficult to reach because of clutter, but it can be inaccessible because the cabinets limit that roll under space. So if you are required to use a mobility device, such as a four-wheeled walker or a wheelchair, a power chair, or if you just get out of breath and you want to sit down while you're brushing your teeth, doing your hair, maybe putting on makeup or shaving, it can be really challenging because the cabinets and the way the counter is, it gets in the way of your knees. So you can't get close enough. You can't really turn on the sink and the faucet. So sometimes you may be able to find a way to negotiate where the cabinets are and you can open them and put them on a track. So that way that open out and then push in and it can give you a little bit of knee space. So if you're not looking to completely rip out your vanity, then that could be a more cost-effective solution. Otherwise, if you are looking to do a complete remodel, consider using a floating vanity. This kind of offers that countertop and then it has a little bit of an angle to cover some of the piping, but allows access for your knees if you wanted to roll under from using a wheelchair or another chair to sit to do those tasks. It's not great to have a sink that's just like a pedestal sink mounted on the wall because over time, people tend to lean on them for support. And that's not what they're intended for. They are intended to house plumbing. And then you are to stand or sit near it and utilize the faucet feature. But unfortunately, people don't always want to use their mobility devices. And so they tend to lean on those areas for additional support. And you know what happens? Those pedestal sinks eventually will rip out of the wall and those pipes will then burst. So you will have a much bigger problem and a much bigger mess than that of what you would using your device. So pedestal sinks for aging in place aren't always the best option. And you know, once you kind of clear out some of that clutter, you can get little containers, little baskets to organize some of the everyday things. 
leave things that you use pretty regularly out. And then you could always just put everything in a basket. So that way you can tuck it away when you're not using it and then just pull it out, keep it in a drawer, put it in a cabinet, things that you use a little bit more regularly. And then that way it allows you to easily see things. Our vision kind of deteriorates as we age. And so it can be difficult to identify things. Am I using the toothpaste as my hair gel? Am I using shaving cream as my toothpaste. So things can get mixed up a little bit. So as long as you have a clear space, it can really minimize some of those accidental errors. And then you always want to have adequate lighting. Daylight is great. So if you have windows that you can open up and really maximize, that would be ideal. But otherwise, of course, we can use artificial lighting that simulates that daytime lighting. In the bathroom though, you really want to be careful because there can be a lot of glare. And so when our eyes are trying to adjust and there's that glare coming off of the mirror, or if we have really shiny tile and it's kind of coming off the floor and the tile, it can mess with our depth perception. So when you're trying to get in and around your bathroom space, you can be more risk at risk of falling if you have too much glare. So you wanna make sure that the light is actually being measured for the space that you're using it. Typically, we're putting on makeup, brushing our teeth. We want to make sure that we're able to see everything without having to squint or get too close to areas. And we just want to minimize that strain on our bodies and on our eyes. So using lower light switches allows you to reach it from standing and from sitting. And then if you have dimmer switches, it gives you a little bit more control. So if you're looking for maybe a softer look in the evening time, a lot of people hate to turn on the lights when it's nighttime because they don't want to wake their body up. And it's really important to avoid falls and make sure you're turning on lights. So having motion-sensored lights are really helpful and having light controls that are on dimmer switches will give you that balance of control. And now there is a lot of opportunity to control lighting with smart homes. So you can use your cell phone. They have little remote controls where you can control the lighting as well. So maybe finding an option like that is a little bit more feasible if you have mobility impairments or any kind of restrictions with your physical management, like your hands, your arms, extremities. And that way, maybe it will improve your independence and autonomy and minimize that reliance on a caregiver. There definitely is so many different areas that we look at as an occupational therapist when we're doing home assessments. And even if you were to request a home assessment from another organization or Google home assessment checklists, they're pretty extensive. So there are a lot of different features that we could look at and we could explore. So if you are looking for additional information or a little bit more detailed information, you can definitely visit our website, Purposefully Home. But I would encourage you to join the Purposeful Caregiver Facebook group. That's where we share different information. We'll often highlight kind of our monthly freebies, which are just little eBooks, e-guides, or little PDF downloads that you can request. And we definitely will have one on this topic because the bathroom is one of the most dangerous places in the home. And we want to make sure that you feel equipped to not only have a beautiful, comfortable, aesthetically pleasing bathroom space, but ultimately we want it to be purposeful and functional. So thank you for tuning in today. I hope you found some of these tips useful. 
And we will definitely look forward to seeing you next time. What we'll be talking about next time is how to set up an actual shower and bath to make sure that your care recipient who maybe often refuses or gets aggressive around bath or shower time can make the whole transition so much easier. So if this is interesting to you, then tune in next time. Until then, have a wonderful day and we will see you again soon. Thank you for tuning into the Purposeful Caregiver Podcast. We know you have a limited amount of time as a family caregiver and appreciate you choosing to spend it with us. We would love to have you join our community, the Purposeful Caregiver Facebook group. Be sure to also sign up for our email list at purposefullyhome.com so you never miss an episode and have access to get to know us a little bit better. Lastly, stay tuned as we will be announcing the launch of our virtual caregiver workshops where you will transform from an overwhelmed and burned out caregiver into a confident, empowered one. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. See you on the next episode of The Purposeful Caregiver.